Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My first ever job, never worked, never worked at McDonald's, KFC, nowhere at all, just, um, from year 10 to, uh, to real estate. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we hear from award-winning real estate agent and developer Peter Diamantidis. He'll share with us how he's grown a multi-million dollar portfolio from scratch to holding over 22 properties in just over a decade. And he'll tell us how to avoid the biggest mistakes in purchasing and selling property that he sees every day. The working day starts early for many of us. For Diamantidis, it's no different. I'm currently a real estate agent um, for the last 15 years. Uh, got into property, uh, well, into real estate 15, 15 years ago at the age of 15. Uh, now 31. Uh, my everyday job is to basically list and sell property. So basically, every day uh, I'd get up at 4:30 in the morning, five o'clock at the gym, um, at work by eight. Um, my job uh, revolves around listing properties, selling properties, talking to clients developers, um, investors, first home buyers, all, anything that, anything basically to do with property, um, I'm doing that in every day, basically seven days a week. We've all got to start somewhere and Von Diamantidis, who is one of Australia's leading agents, shares his humble beginnings. When I look at it, when I was 15 years of age, I, um, I started an administration job, um, uh, basically just doing you know, paperwork, filing, cleaning bins. Anything that I could do just to uh, to get my foot in the door, um, and then gradually um, improved went into uh, into property management, showing rental properties when I got a car license. Um, did a little bit of strata management, and now in the last say seven years or close to eight years, I've been in uh, in sales. Choosing a career is a huge decision. Most people try lots of different roles before digging in. Diamantidis was quite the opposite. So I was brought up in an area called Trigir. Trigir is a suburb in Mount Druitt and Mount Druitt is in Western Sydney. Yeah, went to school, so uh, primary school went to a public school called uh, Trigir Public and uh, high school I went to Wayland High School. So basically I, I left in, uh, in year 10. Um, well, in year 10 I had to do uh, actual work experience. Um, so I did um, work experience as a plumber. I wanted to become a plumber. Um, uh, put in a uh, nearly had an apprenticeship with Garden Island, but still at school. Uh, then I had to do um, uh, experience in a, in a work office. So I said, you know, let's let's try real estate. So I had no no intention to work at real estate, but I had to do that, do something for a week. 
uh, worked there for a week and then uh, got offered a part-time job. My first ever job, never worked, never worked at McDonald's, KFC, nowhere at all. Just um, stroke from year 10 to uh, to real estate. I never studied. I wasn't good at books. I'm still not, not, not good at reading and writing and everything else, but it was more um, uh, that I just used my hands and move forward. Diamond Titus talks about what he would do if he had the chance to turn back time. In my time now in, in say, 16 years, more lately in the last, you know, three or four years, I've, I've been approached by a lot of a lot of franchises, open up your own business, um, you know, been headhunted. Um, it, it's all changed in the, in the last couple of years. Just I've been in the top, um, well, last year I was actually in the top uh, 52 agents in, in Australia, Australia-wide. Um, and yeah, just up a number of sales and, and things like that. So with with the network I work with now, being consistently number one or number two in the past how many years. So it's it's been you know it's a it's a stable job. Uh, I love what I do. I don't look at my I don't look at my time and say well it's five o'clock let's knock off. It's um it's you know I come in when I want to. I leave when I want to. It's it's a very easy job. I'm a doctor in some areas and I'm going to go to uh, work in North Sydney. Your clientele is not going to follow you. Uh, that's at that fine. Then you got to you got to start new. Um, but, you know, of course, I could be still here where I work in, in an area called Samaria's and say, oh, well, I open up across the road. But, yeah, I don't have um, that motivation uh, to, have an, uh, to have my own office. I look at it and go, well, my, my investment properties or my investment journey is a full-time job pretty much. So that's why I look at it. That's my, my own business and where I work is somebody else's business, but I look after it like it's my own. Some people are born with a passion and the support to carry it out, but Domitidis says he wasn't one of them. At 15, I had no interest. 16, yeah, I was look at, looking into it. Um, my, my background, you know, I, I had a mother, didn't have a father, and I had uh, two grandparents. Um, that's all I had uh, growing up, no brothers, no sisters. So, um, because we lived in an area which I would say, and there's no, no disrespect to the area, it's, it's a poorer area of Sydney. Um, you know, my mother only had one home where you know she was paying off. My grandfather had a, um, a home uh, where um, you know he paid off you know many years ago. But uh, they were always in the in the belief to buy a house, pay it off, and then buy the next home. Um, I started realizing at a very young age, at you know 17, 18, or before 18. You know, to do that, um, it's going to take a long period of time to to, uh, to basically buy your second or third or fourth home, uh, which I wasn't willing to uh, to wait. So um, yeah, influences I would say, you know, not in a negative way. They they weren't all for buying multiple properties. They want one property, pay it off, and then and then go again. But the journey didn't end there. So basically carrying on, you know, starting in, in real estate at the age of 15, you know, I then started to um, you know, start looking into property in more around when I was probably 17 years of age because the area that I lived in, uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of investors, a lot of landlords. So I was actually watching, you know, and seeing, you know, what are they doing, learning from them. So before I turned 18, I was very committed. I wanted to buy a property. So I went down to the Commonwealth Bank, um, you know, before I was at the age of 18, basically said that you know, we can't process a loan, you're not 18, but we can look at figures and, and work it out from there. So wasn't happy uh, on the way I was treated uh, from the Commonwealth Bank. So I went to a mortgage broker, sat down, um, and we decided that on the age of, you know, when I'm 18, process the loan and buy a property. So I found the property before I was 18, a week before, 
Um, uh, it was basically a two-bedroom apartment in uh, in Mount Druitt. And I actually um, put an offer in, got it accepted. On my 18th birthday at 9am, I went into the agent's office and signed that contract on a cooling-off period. So... So that was my my first purchase. It's a two bedroom unit. I think it was uh, at the time around one hundred and sixty seven thousand, and it was in an area in Mount Druitt. So that was my first ever purchase. An investor's confidence is always tested after money is put down. Despite his trust in the process, Diamantitis isn't immune to fear. I was very nervous um, because I, you know, at the time, and, and I'm, I'm going to be honest here, uh, when I started at the age of 15 working, I was earning $198 a week. Um, I wasn't earning, uh, you know, big, big money. So even at the age of uh, 18, I would have been earning probably less than maybe $450, $500 a week. So back then, it was a lot harder. So I saved every dollar um, and, it, and every dollar made, made a difference. So um, there was a couple of things, you know, in uh, you know before I was 18 that I had to sacrifice. You know, um, you know, I probably couldn't go out to the movies as often, or or, or did things where maybe other teenagers did, um, because I really wanted to get into property. So um, yeah, it was it, w- it was hard. I was scared, but um, I said to myself, what put me basically through that uh, that period where I'd say it, it's make or break is looking at the rental return. The rental return, making sure that I had a tenant in there, making sure the property was clean and tidy. Um, if I had a tenant in there, I believe that was paying a rent even you know, if they didn't pay for how many weeks, I could cover the repayments and it would be fine. So that, that got me over the line. So why invest in property at all? At the time, I, I didn't know anything else. I had no idea about shares. Um, I had no idea about, you know, even people telling me now about, you know, buying, you know, vending machines and ATMs and getting rent back from things at holiday homes. I had no idea. Um, you know, at, at under the age of 18 or 18, I just no idea at all. Um, so because I worked in real estate in that, in that, you know, that period of time, um, you know, I, I didn't know much, but I knew that, you know, buying a property, you know, eventually, you know, something might, you know, increase. Um, or, you know, in, at worst case, um, you know, the way I looked at it was in 20 years or 25 years when that loan is paid off, I thought of that to be as like my super, um, something that's paid off, I'll be getting a rent return on it. Um, and that, that's the way I looked at property at, at an early age. I looked at it as a my retirement fund, maybe retire at the age of, say, 40 or 45 or 50. Um, you know, I say 50 now, but then I said, oh, maybe 40, I'd retire. Um, but the way I'm, I'm still going, but... Yeah, that's that's the um, yeah that was the main reason why I wanted to get a, a property at a very early age. From eighteen, Diamantitis hasn't stopped. So the maximum that I I, I basically went up to uh, was twenty two properties at the time. Uh, so I went basically you know all the way up to twenty two. I'm now down to uh, fifteen properties, actual existing properties, and I'm currently building ten as we speak. Um, so I've, I've now moved a little bit from, you know, buying your bread and butter stuff, your apartments, your houses, your townhouses to more um, developing my own land, uh, building duplexes, building single story homes, uh, doing townhouses. I'm doing one of my, my biggest projects at the moment, which is seven townhouses, um, which is 250 metres to the beach, um, which that's, that's my biggest you know, biggest ever project. So um, I'm more moving on to uh, that stage. But in saying that, I've still kept a lot of my properties, which I bought at um, in my early 20s. 
course, I don't own the the property that I um I, my I bought on my 18th birthday, but I have bought other properties in that time, which I've kept, which I look at it as my bread and butter stuff. Um, you know, when I retire, I'm hoping to still own these. I'll own be owned outright, and it'd be just passive income. For every success story, there are several teachable moments. Diamantitas learned to choose the right tenants the hard way. I've been second or third property. Um, bought a two-bedroom townhouse, and at the time, somebody approached me and said, "You know, I've got a tenant. You know, she's doing it pretty hard, but she's working and everything else." And I said, oh, "Okay, all right. Well, I'll give it a go." I had landlord insurance, of course, but it was a complete nightmare. Uh, from the moment she moved in, causing you know a nuisance with neighbours and, and everyone else, so it got me off guard with a lot of my um, other neighbours um, in the area because they, they knew who I was. Um, basically, trashed the property, um, cost probably nearly just over twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars in, in insurance claims. Uh, and you got to remember, if that happened to me now, I'd say okay, you know, fair enough. But that happened to me when I was under the age of twenty. Uh, when I wasn't earning a lot of money uh, and I was relying on that rent. So that was stressful. So now I've learned uh, a lesson. Um, you've got a real estate agent for a certain reason. Um, of, of course, you know, if you've got you know, good experience, you don't have to double check the application and, and things like that. But be careful on who you put in a property. doesn't matter how bad your property is. It doesn't matter how good your property is uh, because it's a nightmare in trying to get them out repairing it and it will just cost you a lot of money. Diamond Titus says despite his challenges, his property journey has brought him far more joy than money. And I can say it's, it's a bit about property uh, investing um, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll go into it but it's basically uh, me working as a real estate agent where I've actually met my wife. Um, at the time, I at the time, um, still working where I am, I uh, had a property on the market uh, which I sold uh, to a young lady um, and later fell in love with her, married and now she's actually my, um, you know, she helped with my, she runs my portfolio, or our portfolio, you know, she she does, you know, manages all the repairs, manages all the paperwork, so it's not really like a um, something that I've bought but I've met her, we're married, we've got children. Uh, and she's now looking after our, pro, uh, portfolio, our portfolio full time. So, so it's a bit of a yeah. If I didn't sell on that property, if she didn't view that property, I would have never met her, never went past that stage. Uh, and I can say, you know, comfortably since I have have met her, my uh, well, our portfolio has more than doubled uh, within within a, within a say five year period. Out of all my property purchases, not one of them have gone down in value. Um, and maximum, and most of them have, have probably gone up over $100,000 each uh, and some of them have probably doubled or tripled. However, it takes work and thorough research is one of the keys to unlocking property profits. Probably le- less than three years ago, I, um, I bought a block of land um, in an area called Riverston. Now, uh, it was a corner block. My intentions were to, uh, to basically just build you know, just a single story home with a granny flat at the back. That was the idea. Um, because you know, you know, really, that's you know, that's what all you can fit on the block of land. So, at the time, I went through all the motions, got all the approvals. Um, at the time, I uh, had a, uh, or I've got a got a good friend uh, that also bought a block similar, uh, probably two years before. And he advised me, and goes, you know, Peter, you you can actually build two houses on there, not one. And I said to him, 
no, I've, I've checked with different architects and everything else. They said, no, I've got an architect. He's promising me that we can get two on there. So, you know, alarm bells started ringing saying, hey, these people are about to uh, to pour the slab um, for, a, for a property because I've got it all approved. And this guy's telling me that I can have two houses on there. So I put the brakes on, uh, spoke to this architect. Um, basically, you know, six months later, had an approval for two homes and now building two houses rather than one. So from one title, which I was expecting, to two Torrance title, two-storey homes. I worked out the, the sum, so I've profited an extra 320000 uh, rather than, um, you know, if I, and, and, and again, uh, and this is another, another lesson is I was looking at council website. I was speaking to architects in the area, which were very busy at the time, but somebody that was very eager, wanted business, said, you know, I can, I can, I can test this. I can speak to council. I can run this. Like we've got different stories which we, we can actually go and we can get this approved. And since then, I made a precedent in that area and a lot of other, uh, other people have followed on. Of course, buying and building are just one thing. What does he do with the property after buying it? You know, the way I look at it, if you're selling a property, you're going to be paying tax. Um, why not keep that property, um, you know, in, in, in the future, three years, five years, ten years, it's going to be worth more and especially that property where I actually purchased it just to have the house and granny flat, that give me dual income. I'm now going to get dual income plus a little bit more um, out of it. So it's going to be actually positive geared. So why, why, why would you sell a property, brand new, brand new estate, um, you've got good depreciation and, um, you know, why would you sell it just to pay some capital gains? Keep them. Making smart investment decisions is always hard especially when not everyone gives their support. I had a buyer's agent who I knew as a, as a friend actually contacted me and said to me, uh, Peter, you know, you can, you can buy a 850 square meter block of land with a three bedroom brick veneer house and, um, you know, return around 190 a week. And I said, where? And he, and he goes, in Moree. And I said, Moree, never even heard of it. So I started doing research and I'm thinking, oh, you know, a lot of negative stuff. And I said, it's $60,000. I said, I can't even purchase it on my credit card, you know, this, this is all. Awesome. I don't know, like at the time um, they were advertising it, but when I saw it online, it was in Moree, but they had it through a Cabramatta agent. So I think I was assuming that, I think it was um, uh, maybe, I think it was maybe, you know, an Asian investor, maybe didn't speak much English. I, I don't know. It was really, really weird, but I just, I did a building in Petra because the alarm bell started ringing. started speaking to a lot of people. And um, I know it was only $60,000, but it, it still concerned me. I didn't want to have a, uh, a liability up there. I didn't want any, any issues. So I um, checked everything out. Of course, the house wasn't in, uh, you know, it's not a brand new home, but it, that, that house would actually cost more than 60000 to rebuild. And it was brick. It wasn't even a fibro asbestos home. Diamond Titus says when it comes to making the final call, investing is all about balancing risk and reward. So I actually uh, bought the property for $60,000. Um, a lot of people were against me in buying in the area and, you know, thought, you know, it's the end of the world. Um, purchased it, um, own it. It's gone up in value. It's probably gone up another, you know, 45000 So it's, it's nearly nearly doubled in that in that short period of time. But my return now is two forty a week on a $60,000 purchase. So, so the point of the story is nobody wanted this because they read so many reviews and it, everything was, you know, it was the end of the world stuff. But I looked at it and go, at $60,000, where can you go wrong? Even if it doesn't uh, increase in value, I looked at it and said, say it never increased, like people said to me, it's never going to increase. 
in 20 years, well, in 20 years' time, uh, say that I still had a mortgage on it, and it went down to like $10,000, um, I would uh, I'd be having a positive income from day day one. So it's like saying that you've just got yourself a pay increase at work. So that's, that's the, way, the way I looked at it. Now, if you said to me, have I seen the property? No. Have I been up to Maury? No. Um, why? Because I've got a good property manager. I've got good maintenance people. They look after it. Um, and, and that's, that's pretty much, pretty much it. And, and funny enough, one, one person actually said to me, oh, you know, over there, they, you know, they burn houses in that area. And I said, well, my house is insured for $220,000. It's a lot more than I paid for it. So if they're going to burn it down, I guess that I will, uh, I'll be covered under my insurance. Coming up after the break, we hear about some of the habits that contribute to Diamantitis's property wealth. You're going to actually laugh and people may not believe me. Um, I, I, I I've, I've never read a book in my life. I've never, read, I've never read a book. As well as the strategy that breeds consistency. Properties to me were like trees, uh, like seeds. You plant the seed, the tree grows. Eventually, you might cut the tree down and then replant it, uh, uh, but um, or you just keep them. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Diamantina says there is no prototype for a successful investor because he doesn't fit the mold. You're going to actually laugh and people may not believe me. Um, I, I, I don't, I've, I've never read a book in my life. I've never read, I've never read a book. Um, I've never done it. It's just... I always used to subscribe to API and Australian Property Magazine. Um, I used to read like magazines, not not books. So I, it's just that because of the job I've been in, I've learnt a lot of things just um, by you know watching and observing other people on the way they've done things. And I think in in my journey, I think I've been very fortunate that I've met the right mortgage broker, the right accountant, uh, the right people around me to create a, a your backbone. Because the backbone is very, very important moving forward. That business backbone can be just as valuable as knowledge itself. It's not about just buying, you know, the right property. But if you don't have that that mortgage broker that's going to look after you, that's going to put the hours in, um, and basically manage your portfolio like the way you're managing it, you're never going to move uh, move forward to uh, to create a bigger um, portfolio. Um, I, you know, I've seen so many people, you know, over the over the years have used the wrong broker or the wrong accountant, wrong advice. So, 
from early on, I wanted the structure to be correct. With a broker, uh, you, you, people, if, if, you, if you're getting into property investing, you've got to remember, sometimes a broker is sometimes looking after their own their own pocket. So they'll put you through to a bank, which is, you know, maybe a higher commission uh, for their for their back pocket. They'll move around. They'll go from bank to bank. Uh, you get that in every, every industry. But this person here um, basically looked after me at a very early age, looked at my portfolio, told me which banks to go with, who not to go with. Um, he bring me when, when there were good deals on fixed rates. Um, he told me when to move from one bank to the other. And then when late, like now, you know, in the last, say, you know, five years or four years when I've been building property, put me through to the right the right people. So not going through a, a bank, for example, say, just make a bank, they're going through CBA bank and then realising, oh, wait, we can't get a construction loan there. So looking through from step one to the last step, step 10, and following it right through. Spending time with his trusted broker, Diamond Titus has picked up some borrowing strategies himself. The way I've got it with the bank. So, you know, of course, investment properties, a lot of people, uh, you know, believe in just doing interest only. Um, I believe at a very early um, onset that I want principal and interest because I want to uh, basically pay these properties off. Um, and I know at the time, my mortgage broker said, oh, it may not be a good idea. You might cap yourself out. And I said, well, if I get to that stage, then I'll revert it back to, to um, you know, interest only. But I was very important. My goal set at the time was to own these properties outright. I don't want a, a debt over them. So he helped me in, in, in between there to structure it, put it in my name, put it in my wife's name, put it in a company name. Um, just, yeah, certain properties. Go to certain people, and at the end, at the end of the day, when you're married, everything it doesn't make you know a real make uh, a big difference. You got to pay tax anyway, but it just helped me, um, you know, move forward from owning, uh, you know, owning one property to you know 21 or 22 properties at, at, at the end. But the plans he had to build property wealth have largely stayed the same. I could say in one year that I would have purchased eight properties. Uh, but then a year later, I, and then a year later, I didn't purchase anything. So it was just, I, I believe, is not rushing to to buy an investment property. Investment property, it, it means in my in my um, you know in my world means that it has to be a good buy. It needs to be under market value. It needs to have something uh, saying, "Hi, I'm an investment property. Buy me." You know, I'm not going to just buy a property for no reason. So sometimes you can get lucky. Um, and you might get three in a row. Uh, and then there's other times where it might take you two or three years to find the second or third property in, in your, uh, your portfolio journey or your property portfolio journey. So, yeah, so as I said, can be busy, you know, one year, seven, eight properties, next year, nothing for a couple of years. And my mindset was at that time, like when I'll say between 18 to maybe 22, 23 was to buy properties which nearly pay for themselves because my my mindset was if the rent is nearly paying for the mortgage right now, um, I would only have to pay for the outgoing for the property. And in 25 years or 20 years, I will own this property outright. So I tried to collect as many properties which were nearly positive geared or neutral or at the end of it all, buy properties where I could create dual income uh, to make them uh, positive. Uh, at that, that was my that was my mindset uh, originally when I started in property uh, investing. Because I believe that if I could own eight properties, properties to me were like trees, uh, well, like seeds. You plant the seed, the tree grows. Eventually, you might cut the tree down and then replant it. 
uh, uh, but um, or you just keep them. However, Diamantita says nothing is beyond improvement, including his own procedures. Well, I wanted to get into into development, so um, that was that was that was that's what motivate motivates me right now is just development, learning the process. So. Um, I'll, I'll explain quickly on on, on how I actually um, you know started my, my first ever property that I built was a single single story home. Um, it was a block of land. And moving back to my mortgage broker, he actually said to me to buy this block. He found it for me, so I, I didn't actually find it. He said to me, Peter, it's a corner block. You know, you can actually um, build a house. There's a garage at the back, and build a granny flat on the top, and you'll get dual income. So I bought that property. That was my first ever, um, you know, um, you know, house. I can call it like a house and land package, you know, that I that I uh, that I actually did. And I didn't believe in it. I believed in buying old, rundown units, old, rundown houses, keeping them, renting them out. Um, and I never believed in buying it. So my mindset then changed in in looking at, you know, these new estates which are getting built in uh, Southwest Sydney, Northwest Sydney. Um, anywhere where I could, you know, basically buy a property, uh, turn it into a dual income, or a- actually, you know, buy a house and uh, and get a get a good return on it. So the reason why I had to sell some of my my you know properties that I bought at a very young age is they didn't cost me anything. But with with the bank changing the goalposts, um, I did see that it's going to be harder uh, to uh, to gain loans. So basically, reducing maybe or, or disposing of say three properties, existing properties which might have been thirty or forty years old, I've now brought in maybe four or five, um, which are you know near positively geared um, or neutral, and they're brand new, which are now giving me a higher depreciation. So um, that's that's the main reason why I, I had to sell um, you know a couple of those a uh, couple of those properties, and I, I don't like selling my properties. I get very emotional. Um, I, I tell people don't get emotional in, in, in property, so don't buy your first property and, and try to make it into a palace or, or over overcapitalize. But um, yeah, I still don't like selling property. Um, like I sell it every day to, uh, to people, but I don't like selling my own property. In the end, being willing to try new things has proved a game changer for Diamantitis. His newest developments are quite literally paying off. So after you know starting to build you know a couple of those single-story homes, double-story house and granny flats, I've now moved into um, you know buying a block of land and building two on there or three on there. Um, so my latest project, which I'm actually doing, is I bought a block of land with around 1,200 square meters. I'm building seven as we speak, building seven seven townhouses. Um, those seven townhouses. I'm not keeping. So this is my first project which I'm actually selling completely and not keeping. So um, seven, basically bought the land, got it approved, pre-sold seven townhouses. Um, with those funds, I'll then a- again look at buying another development similar, but then potentially keeping a, uh, a couple of new properties. Well, at the time, I looked at it and, and I saw the process was nearly the same. So. Same thing. You buy the land, you pay your stamp duty, you get your um, you know, your your, your DA. The same process. The only difference with and the time frame. Uh, the only difference I, I worked out was probably an extra six to eight months, which will take you maybe on construction time, rather than uh, than building a single story home. So I was lucky enough where because I sold those couple of properties, I had more funds in my back pocket. 
to actually put towards a bigger development. So um, I went for something bigger. I said, why would I, you know, say make, I don't know, say 100% profit when I can make 500% profit? Uh, so I'm doing I'm doing the same process, but I'm speeding it up. So rather than doing it once, I'm doing it seven times in that same period of time. Yeah. So basically, at, at the moment, I've got 15 existing properties, um, and I've got 10 being built. Now, um, out of the 10 being built, seven, uh, of course, have been uh, pre-sold, so I will not own them. Uh, but the rest of them, I'm I'm keeping. So um, at the moment, I think the portfolio, not including anything that is being built, uh, is just under twelve million. Living and breathing property has helped Diamantitis become an expert. However, he says even he can't be an expert everywhere, and you shouldn't try to be. Because I love property, uh, you know, so much. Um, the one secret that I do, um, and this, this is firstly, well, we'll step back one step. Firstly, you need to target an area. You're going to know an, know an area. You're going to target an area where, um, you know, you may not know it, but you, you're going to start to know it. You're going to start looking at properties, see what they're selling for. Um, but every night, I actually use realestate.com. I focus in certain areas which I'm, I'm interested in, and I look every night at what property it sold or what properties have come onto the market. Now, that educates me. Now, I know I work in real estate, but these areas, I'm nowhere near, so I, I don't know nothing about them. But I would probably continue that on for maybe three months, four months, maybe a year, until I'm, I'm happy to buy in that area. And it basically fills my mind up on what is selling, what's on the market, how long are they taking on the market. And it's like I'm being like a little bit of a researcher. Um, and then I commit myself to that area. The only only suburb, well, the only states that I've ever purchased in has been New South Wales and Queensland. Now, it, it doesn't mean that there's nothing wrong with those other um, other states. I just think that um, because I live in Sydney, I believe to to buy in Sydney. Now, you know, my project, one of the projects that I'm doing, is down in Kiama. Now, um, I don't live next door to it, so you know, I don't go down there that often, but. Yeah, Queensland and, and uh, New South Wales is where I've focused on the most. Um, in the last, say, two years or, say, 24 months, I've only purchased in, in New South Wales. Um, I haven't purchased, though. I, I did purchase, well, again, when we go back to, you know, how many properties, like in one year, I bought, I think, four properties in Queensland within, within five months. So, you know, I went with a, a big splurge and then I haven't bought anything else in Queensland now for, for, a, for a number of years. Even the best tools money can buy don't come close to local knowledge. And that's what it is. I live and breathe real estate, um, but it's yeah, it's coming down to um, you know you don't want to just buy a property and, and not know anything about the area. Get time, go there, have a look at it, speak to um, always other agents. So even if you're buying a property from Ray White and you got Rain and Horn across the road, you know give, give Rain and Horn a call. Speak to somebody there. You might meet somebody nice, and they, they might give you some advice about the area or about that actual property. Um, because um, a lot of investors which I've met in my journey, um, when they've come to me and they've said, I've got this, I've got this, I wish I never bought that. It's just because somebody has told them to buy something and they've just bought it and they've relied on somebody else. Go out there, spend an hour, spend two hours, a year, how long it takes. Go out there, know the area before you buy in that area. Don't just rely on Google and, and, and everything else. Um, you know, rely on that at first to do your... Uh, you know, your assumptions of the area, but go out there and actually see it for yourself, feel it, um, and yeah, then then proceed. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, go out there, you know, you, you could, like I've done in the past where 
I've bought properties sight unseen and I've viewed them after they've settled. Um, you know, but I, I've known a lot about the area and I've visited the area before I actually did that. So, if Diamantidis doesn't read books, how does he learn new skills? Forums are actually gold. The reason is no one's getting paid to write anything on there. Nobody's uh, advertising on there. It's basically other investors like yourself or like anybody looking at buying property are talking about their experiences. Um, and that is very important because you can learn a lot more from that uh, rather than just reading a, a book about one person. You can actually read a book uh, or read you know, uh, a forum about 30 or 40, 40 people in one night because they're, they're, they're actually uh, telling you about their experience. Plus, listening to the wisdom and experience of others. Probably um, best advice that I've received. You know what it is? Somebody told me and I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was an investor. Um, it was probably many years ago. So, at the time, um, it was probably a good, you know, maybe nine years ago, probably eight years, eight, seven, seven or eight years ago, I had somebody, um, you know, I was telling them about a property, you know, that I should have bought a couple of thousand dollars. He turned around, it was just something quick, and he said, what's $3,000 in 10 or 15 years? And and, I, and it just clicked to me. Like, it was like one of those moments where I go, what, it's $3,000? You know, why would I pay that? And I said to him, it's right, what's $3,000 over a 10-year term? So, what he meant by that is I said to him that I didn't want to pay any more for that property because the one next door sold for, you know, uh, you know, five hundred thousand, I'm not gonna pay for I'm not gonna pay five oh five. But technically the way I should have looked at it was why wouldn't I? Because in five, ten years, fifteen years, I'm not buying to make a profit immediately. I'm paying I'm playing the long game. So that's one one bit of advice which is always kept in my mind. Um, you can always haggle to get the best deal, but don't lose a deal over a couple of thousand dollars, five, even ten thousand dollars. Because if you if you really think it's a good deal, just buy it on your first instinct, not your second instinct. I even cry. I cry now. I look at it and I go, I cry and I go. Uh, and, and it's funny. So some of the properties are in the area where I service. So I look past them and I go, yeah, one thirty. And, and and there's some of them. You know, the, the moments that stick into your mind when actually, I, I'll give you a quick story. So I went to an auction. It was a two-bedroom apartment. Um, we're bidding. I was the highest bidder. The auctioneer comes um, over to me and goes, "I'm going to pass pass it in, but we're very close." Um, and and it was like four thousand dollars. It was, and I even remember the agent's name, Ben. And I said, uh, he came to me, he shook my hand, and said, "Congratulations." And I said, "No, I'm not paying that. This is my final offer." And he goes, "Peter, I can't do anything. The banks won't reduce it with the mortgagee sale, um, and I didn't buy the property." I didn't buy the property over a couple of thousand dollars, and 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 within a, within two years, or say within three years, it doubled. So, but imagine doing that two or three times. So, again, after this person, I can't even remember who it was, and you know, uh, told me that a uh, little bit of story. You know, you know, what's a couple of thousand dollars now when you're looking into into the future? Uh, it trust me, it makes a a big big difference to purchase that property. First instinct. It's to buy it, second instinct, then think about it. In a world of real estate apps and internet banking, Diamond Titus thinks the human element of investing is often overlooked. Two words, social butterfly. <laughs> so so what, what, what it is, is when you buy a property uh, or if you're viewing property, now 
because I'm a real estate agent, um, you know, I know ways to, to get under somebody's skin. So I try not to get under somebody's skin. So I try to keep relationship doors open always. So whoever I meet, so if it's a real estate agent, if it's a solicitor, if it's a mortgage broker, I try to keep the doors open because, you know, I believe one day something will come back in return. And I, I can, I'm looking at my, I'm actually looking on the screen right now at my portfolio and I'm going through them thinking, how did I buy each of those properties? And it wasn't, um, not all of them were on realestate.com, uh, majority were, but some of them were off market purchases where, um, you know, I subscribed to a property, uh, I missed out on it, the agent called me, I bought it uh, because I basically said, here's my 10% deposit, I'm not mucking around. Um, you got to remember, with real estate agents in any type of market, the, 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 the thing that they are worried about is the property will, um, you know, if it's not up for auction and it's a private treaty, that the property will not proceed. Um, you know, the cooling off period will, you know, you, you'll, you'll rescind it, you'll pull out of the deal. So you got to give them confidence. So if you're really certain with a, with a property and you're financially backed, you know, you've got your loan approved, um, waive the cooling off period, sign that contract, uh, give them the 5% or 10% deposit and um, they know that you're serious. So, you know, you're not mucking them around. They'll always, as I said, the next property that comes up, which they think it fits your criteria, they'll let you know first before they let the public know. Diamantidis has proved this to be true in his own career. Well, if I look at it from, from my point of view as a, as a real estate, uh, as working in real estate, around three years ago, I created a uh, my own website. At the time, it was, you know, peterdiamantidis.com and at the time, I had a VIP database. So, what I did was I got people that actually, um, you know, if you bought a property from me, you'd go on it automatically. Um, if you sold a property, you'd be automatically unless you didn't want to be on it. But people started subscribing on that because when I was selling properties in the area, I'd had sold stickers saying sold off market, sold off market. And everyone said, how do, how do I get onto your database? Got onto the database. Now I've got thousands of people on there. They'll be notified first before they actually come onto the market. So you've got a 48-hour window to actually know about that property, potentially make an offer on that property and potentially buy it. So, um, so I mean, working two hats or wearing two hats, um, I'm looking at it from a real estate point of view uh, as an agent and I'm looking at it from an investor's point of view. As he reflects on his own property journey, Diamond Titus wishes he could instill more confidence into every investor. Ten years ago, uh, when when you when you see a property that you want to buy, don't let somebody um, you know talk you out of it. Uh, that would be probably one thing uh, that I would say to him or her. Uh, if somebody you know still starting off now at the age of 18, 19, that's all their property, which have done all their research and their um, say their mother turned around and said, "No, I don't like the area," or, or you know made negative comments. Proceed in your first instance, uh, your instinct, rather than um, than listen to other people. So what's next in his investment story? How can you follow it? In the next five years, um, I'm excited to build more property, more land, um, purchase more blocks of land um, and just continue on uh, in building. Um, I've, I've learned a lot in a, in a short period of time um, and, you know, in, in building, I mean. But uh, in the next next five years, um, yeah, I, I just want to buy more land, develop um, and stick to doing that.
Thank you to Peter Diamantidis, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now and I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as 6 months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040.